0: Good morning, evening, noon, everybody.
1: Dusk, dawn, something. (laughs)
0: Twilight. My name is Adia. One half of this podcast, but I am one full tired chicken nugget because I moved this past week in ninety-plus degree weather, which uh, was
1: impolite to say the least. It was rude. It was rude. Yeah, no, it's the way that I'm going to have to experience that tomorrow when I have my sister. Really but um, hello, my name is Hazel Berry. I am also one half of this podcast, but I'm fully sore. Um, <laughs> I, <laughs> I have been working on my fitness and OD is my witness. Um, and the thing about it is that these last couple of weeks, I've only been working out like twice a week. Again, I've been finding a lot of amazing results and I think it's due in part to my diet, but that's neither here nor there, right? So this week I really challenged myself to do more than two times this week. I was like aiming for four. My trainer ideally wants me to go for six, but I'm not trying to be in the Olympics. Mm. (laughs) I said four it is. It's good that you know that about yourself. Oh, for sure. Give me, maybe by December, I'll be doing all of that extra stuff. But until then- catch me at the gym twice a week at most, maybe three or four times. <laughs> <laughs> and so I worked out for the third time this week today. Um, and my feet paid the price and now I'm sore, but I, that's just a long winded answer to say, yeah, I'm sore. I don't think you and I have been doing in your cup these last couple of weeks.
0: Cause we don't care how the other person feels. <laughs> <laughs> that's it's,
1: it's just the short answer. So in your cup <laughs> a segment in which we check in on our wellness and see how we are both doing and see what's in our physical and metaphorical cups. So Odia. <laughs> Who is
0: that?: <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> Last week, I said "Hazel Bere, so I was hoping that you would catch the joke and Why'd do the you same thing.: you my replacement's name like this) <laughs> So how are you feeling and what's in your cup?
0: I am feeling, I don't know, just a little restless because I'm trying to unpack and do a bunch of different things and settle into my new space that I'm going to be in for a while. And what am I drinking? Well, I had a matcha latte, latte earlier, an iced matcha latte earlier today from this coffee shop that I live right next door to. And it was pretty good. It's the first one I tried that wasn't Starbucks and I was happy with it. So now we know where I'm spending my money.
1: And it's dangerous that it's so close to home. Yeah,
0: it's literally walk outside and it's right next to you. You can touch the building. So there's that, my new vice. But right now I'm drinking the memory of that matcha latte. So it fits into into the, the show.
1: What about you, Hazel? How are you feeling and what are you drinking? I'm crying. So I am feeling besides sore uh, and besides hot, given this temperature, right? Um, I am feeling content, I guess. I don't feel like you know, excitable, but I also don't feel like bored, but I also don't feel sad or anything. Like, I'm just I'm neutral. This mm. is the first time that's happened for me in a while. So I'm very grateful for that. Because, <laughs> as people should know, I am a Scorpio and I tend to, when I feel what I feel, I feel it intensely. So the fact that I feel neutrality in this moment is surprising.
0: Every time someone says they're a Scorpio, for whatever reason, I hear a hiss, but Scorpions don't hiss.
1: Not you implying that scorpions are secretly snakes, but okay. Um, If the slither fits. Not this. (laughs) See, the thing about Scorpios is that if you look at their tail and you see that they have that very dangerous stingy looking thing, they're at least very open and honest and, you know, very apparent in the fact that they have that. You know, like that's something you should all know. So just making that as a disclaimer. But neither here nor there. Anyway. I will, it's like, I will stab you with an unconcealed knife. <laughs> <laughs> and it's mainly metaphorical knife. But yes. Mm. Moving forward. Um, I just drank. It's funny that you mentioned matcha lattes. I mean, I didn't have one earlier. But I did get Starbucks literally like, I want to say an hour or so ago. And I had a mocha latte frap I believe it was so it was a mocha cookie frap and it's either a latte or frap okay can't it can't be both how yeah it was just it was a mocha frap and it was like cookie crumbled Mm -hmm. and honestly I like it but justice for the s'mores frap
0: speaking of injustice. (laughs) We have quite the episode ahead of us. Oh, do we? Yes. So this past week was episode five of RuPaul's Drag Race All-Stars season six, where the Queens gathered together around, their main challenge was gathering together around the, the pink table. It was pink table talk. So they gathered around the pink table. They had different topics and concepts that they had to discuss while also recreating the dynamics that exist on the Red Table Talk by Jada Pickett-Smith, Willow Smith and Gammy. So there was a moderator and there were two people answering questions and having to have conversations that way. And then the episode ended with what I would describe as my least favorite idea on earth, Clash of the Patterns.
1: You don't like patterns being clashed.
0: I don't like patterns that much, period. Unless they're the ones that Raja... Well, we'll get to that later because I'm West African. West African patterns. Most cultural patterns to me are beautiful. Like they have a purpose. They they make a lot of sense. They always look good because they have a lot of significance. Polka dot and stripes.
1: Jail, ma'am. Is this a circus?
0: Exactly. So, and that's not that's just how I feel generally about patterns. I do think that. There were some creative takeaways from it, but at the same time, just like, "Mm, this could have stayed in the drafts. This could have stayed in the production email to each other saying thoughts, and then no one replied. It it could have stayed right
1: there.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But onwards back to the challenge. So pink table talk friend, what do you think of the challenge as a concept?
1: I honestly, I like this concept and here's why. They really, because they filmed this last summer. And that was, I think, the peak of the Red Table Talk conversation. Because I think there was a lot of discussion around the phrase entanglement during the summer of last year uh, in regards to the Red Table Talk. So the fact that they were quick to jump on it as soon as they could, I thought was really brilliant. But I also think that, you know, I really enjoyed this concept as well, because this is a real thing that a lot of the girls do once they leave Drag Race, right? A lot of them end up being like, in Shangela's case, for example, end up being correspondents for entertainment channels or um, shows, or they're gonna have interviews, right? In which they need to be their authentic selves and present themselves in a way where they're being honest, but they're also, you know, being entertainers, you know? I mean, like, I think, but also having some level of vulnerability, but we'll get into that in a second, Um, because this is not RuPaul's trauma race, but RuPaul just loves to make it that way. Um, I digress. (laughs) It's one of those challenges that will prepare a queen for real life once the show ends. And it will also, and a lot of what I find Drag Race to be, um, and they said this about, um, I I don't know if you watch Pose, but um, when they were explaining how the balls are like, right? It's preparation for what happens when the real deal comes along. And that's what I find Drag Race to be, is a platform for these drag queens to exemplify why they would be a good fit for certain things and are able to attract those kinds of jobs because they were able to display it while they were on the show. So I think as a concept, this show, and this episode rather, is really good. What about you?
0: I think that a challenge like this is really good, especially at this point in the competition for people to really get, to for the audience to really get to know all of these queens a lot better. I think that it provides a structure that actually, I know it's mirrored after we're based on or inspired by whatever, the Red Table Talk, but what it reminds me of a lot are those workroom conversations that they have where people get really vulnerable and then they end up having like a confessional or two where there's someone t- expanding on their ex- what they said and then someone like reacting to it separately. But you're able to really see that dynamic and the focus is the conversation instead of someone like half a lash on with their forehead glued to their, the, their scalp trying to figure out what's going on and talking and transforming and baking and all that other stuff at the same time. Like it takes away all those distractions and they can come together and sit down what I do wish happened in this challenge was, oftentimes with, with certain challenges, there's a someone like a guest judge or a guest speaker, I don't know what they call them, but they, co- they come and they talk to the queens a little bit about things that happen. Like Ru does this a lot with um, Snatch Game and when they're picking their characters. And I wish there was a, not coaching, but an opportunity for someone to give them another perspective of how to like really do this. They should have brought Jada
1: Pinkett Smith on the season.
0: No, because if it was at ne- last summer, she was dealing with some more important things at the time <laughs> with her own True. life. True. But yeah, I think someone, even Michelle going in there and saying, because they Michelle and we have a podcast. Right. They're able to speak to what it's like to sit down in the conversation and what it means to be a moderator what it means to make sure the conversation stays balanced and things of that nature and just some some actual techniques that they can apply to the job and not just figuring out ways to do this challenge because sometimes there are challenges drag race is an excellent job at doing what you said like preparing people for real work moving forward but then there are other instances where it's just like they're thrown into the wind and people kind of rely on their senses and what they think works well and aren't oh and they have to see like whether or not it works out.
1: Do you agree for this challenge, right? With the pink table talks, the tops of the week or the top of the week <laughs> is ginger minge. And then in the bottom we have a bottom three this week. We have Kylie Sonique Love. we have Jonathan. And we also have Little Miss Scarlet Envy. So in your honest and humble opinion, right, um, do you agree with these tops and bottoms? Why or why not?
0: I agree with the bottoms. I do think and they didn't do... I don't think anyone did poorly. So that's why I don't like using the word worst. I do think comparatively jan's performance was at the bottom for me of all pandora box should have been down there too you think so i i believe so oh
1: wow so much pandora box slander in this chat
0: if you i told you the reason i i did the research and found out why i don't like pandora box
1: yeah We know
0: And it tracks. (laughs) It's not that I dislike, I don't dislike any queen. Like I say, and I'll say it every single episode, I respect every single drag queen because of the work, the effort, the artistry, the the conceptual work that you have to do is really important. So I'm usually just judging products. And I think that what Pandora said before the challenge was a lot more powerful than what she actually delivered. That's the first thing. The second thing, when it comes to the tops, I don't understand how Rue decides all of a sudden You're either, like, why are you assessed as a group, but then the top all-star comes from a completely different group when, in my opinion, Ginger's group was the weakest?
1: Because rigory, right? So
0: being the strongest amongst a weak group is a very different way of rising to the top than being the strongest in a strong group. I honestly believe that Eureka should have won that challenge. Or even TKB. Or even TKB. But I think the role as a moderator is very difficult to balance and to do. And that's why I would like tip it over to Eureka a little bit more. But that's my opinion. And if you disagree... Eh?
1: Yeah, no, I, no I'm i inclined to agree with you on that. Um, and I'm also inclined to agree with the bottom except for Kylie. And it's not because I just stan her. I understand why they said that they... They didn't learn as much as they could have about Sonique, other than the fact that she's, like, a pet parent. But, <laughs> I mean, like, aside from her being a pet parent, right, I think learning about her childhood and how she was able to unlearn childhood trauma from just a mantra... That to me is learning something about Kylie Sonique. I don't understand where that critique came from.
0: I think sometimes people conflate sharing something deeply personal about yourself and and being extremely vulnerable to the point where you're emotionally affected, like greatly emotionally affected, like what Raja was doing as that true sign that you're committing something to, to the table. When you can give a very thoughtful remark without having to relive, relive something so deeply. That's exactly,
1: like, yes, I agree with that completely.
0: So that's why I'm just like, when the judges are talking about, you didn't learn much from Scarlet. I think Scarlet contributed just the right amount as someone who, excuse me, not Scarlet. So Neek contributed just the right, right amount of information for someone who is a moderator. That was her, her primary task was to moderate the conversation.
1: Jan. And Scarlet, it makes sense. I see, I mean, initially, like when RuPaul was like, I feel uncomfortable when it came to like Scarlet's thing. At first, I was very taken aback by that because I really was like, what are you uncomfortable about? About the fact that she brought up that she's a mama's boy while she's in drag. Like, was that uncomfortable for you? But then I came to realize later down the road with enough introspection and enough watching it enough times to understand what she was trying to get at it was the fact that she necessarily, like she wasn't, it was her not being able to balance character from being vulnerable. And like, she could have just said that, but it was so ambiguous that it didn't read as that to me. So I, I don't know. I
0: saw what RuPaul was talking about in terms of the switcher, like, the switch kind of thing where it's like something deeply personal. Now let's get back to you. Like it was kind of like that where it was shifty and seemed a little unstable, like in terms of characterization, like are you gonna, you can still talk as yourself while dressed in drag without having to make those shifts. Because if, I just think reflecting on this season and and her original season, we don't really get a lot of Scarlet in general. Mm -hmm. so there there is no clear personality to pin her to she wasn't seeming more quiet or more anything else like the more she shined in the challenges where she was acting right so it's not like we got a full sense of who she was as a person so she could have just sat in her truth as who she is out of drag and expressed those sentiments that way in a very authentic way and it wouldn't have been weird
1: I see that. No, that that makes complete sense to me. Um, and then, Jonathan, yeah. Yeah. I'm not... Yeah. I'm not even going to go into why she's in the bottom. I just... Actually, no, I will. And in this essay. I, <laughs> because, to me, I, I wonder if now... Because when you're doing Drag Race, or when you're in reality TV in general, right? Like, I could only imagine having the experience of being on reality TV and experiencing the situation in one way and then watching it back and either being like, oh yeah, I didn't consider that perspective or being like, "Mm, I don't like what's being perceived of me on this here show. And with Jan, I don't... There's something about Jan this season that feels very i don't want to say forced but it doesn't feel like she's having fun i feel like she's forcing the fun i mean and here's why here's why it's a very loaded assumption to make and i know but here's why because like a lot of what she's doing is trying to prove a point when the first time that she was there i think I don't know I could get more into it on my hot take but it's just I think Jan is just very lost in the sauce
0: I think I agree with you it seems like for Jan All-Stars is a redemption when the redemption was a singular challenge the redemption was one challenge episode three, two, three. That was it. Everything else is being yourself.
1: And everything else is new, right?
0: Right. And instead of showing us more of who Jan is, it's how can I get the judges to like me so I can get in the top this week. And once you already win your challenge, once you already met that goal and you don't have anything to sustain you after that, that's where things get problematic as we can see shortly after, literally the following week after she won the challenge, met her goal, did whatever. She still didn't prove what she thought she was going to prove by winning that challenge because it's not about winning challenges anymore. You already did that. It's about being yourself. And it's, I think that's a general life lesson. If you're spending so much time and so much energy trying to like make yourself malleable to whatever people want and whatever people wanna see of you and you, you get yourself lost in that. So when you get criticism about your energy being too high, you internalize that and make it personal and making it sound like someone said something was wrong with you. It was, no, Jan, read the room. Because even her, re- I don't know if it was edited differently, but her reactions to what was even being said in a serious way by Ginger about something that was happening with her health was inappropriate. And not inappropriate, like it was like disgusting or skeezy or whatever, but it just it didn't fit the vibe and didn't make sense to say.
1: Yeah, she wasn't reading the room, like you said. So I guess long story long. I agree with the bottoms, I guess, except for Kylie. Then who should
0: have been there instead of Kylie? Go ahead.
1: I just think it should have been a bottom two. I don't think it should have been a bottom three. Oh,
0: okay. I was about to say, go ahead, say her name.
1: Say, say her, her name. name
0: say pandora
1: (laughs) oh no
0: so moving on from the tops and bottoms let's rewind (laughs) a little bit to Mm -hmm. the runways where like i mentioned trying to hold back my gagging that it was clash of the patterns quickly friend who were your two sips and your
1: two for the love of god please stop my Two sips. We have to talk about Trinity K. Bone. That's a conversation we need to have. But we also need to have a conversation around Raja O'Hara. Those two. They understood the assignment. More so Raja than I think Trinity. And here's why. Raja wore multiple different patterns. That was quite literally clash of the patterns. So. Those are my two sips. I also actually, honorable mention to Eureka. She gave what needed to be done. Um, My two stops immediately are, okay, also honorable mention to Ginger. The one time I'll give an honorable mention, here's why. She looked like a Animal Crossing character. And to me, it was adorable. And also the patterns were different, but also not, I don't know. I, I liked it um my two stops i understood why Icaria did clash of the patterns with actual like clashing against the patterns of like clothing right but i did not like it in relation to the challenge it made no sense i mean it made sense enough for me to explain it away but if i have to explain a runway you didn't do what needed to be done so I need her to stop. Um, and then, as far as. Oh, and I need Jan to stop immediately. What were those socks? Ma'am.
0: Ma'am. You know how every week I play Guess the Jantasy? That look was the
1: Jantasy. I did not like it.
0: And like, not necessarily the look itself, like it's construction, but the aura, like the colors are Jan's colors, the cut, Jan's cut, the accessories, the props, yeah. that's, that's the Jan to see.
1: But my thing about it is those chaps that she wore underneath the dress did not need to be there. The socks in relation to them did not need to be there. I think what would have made more sense to me was the patterns that she put on that stupid bag of hers like bags that she had should have gone on the outfit itself like I don't know if you look at her Instagram but you see she has stripes polka dots and then marble if it was clash of the patterns her actual outfit should have had all those different like all those different patterns on there but it was on the props and not on the dress itself
0: I would have to agree with you on the top and the bottoms, I would say, I think when it comes to a look specifically, there's a way of being so out the box that you're incorrect. Like there's a way of being creative with something. And then you show us like Simone's Duragford train, for example, where you're doing something innovative, but then it gets to a point where you've pushed it so far out of the boundary that you're not even following the assignment anymore at all so I understand what was going on what she was trying to do but execution wise like the look was great but because it doesn't fit in the theme like in its pocket in a way where it's done done well and done creatively it kind of just like it's creative and it's done well but it's not done And I think that what she could have done if she wanted to stay with that theme is make it look like a piece that was being constructed and being thought through with different patterns, like a rough, like several different rough drafts into a look. And it could have all like started from the bottom and go up and then turn back into the different constructions of the dress and she could have still done whatever else with the measuring tape and all that other stuff. That's what I would have done to pull everything together. So there's actual pattern up there. It reminded me a little bit too much of her plastic surgery thing that she did on season 11. And I, so I thought it was initially for a while. And so I looked back at it again and saw what it was supposed to be. And that's not good to have either because she was on the show so recently. And like I said about Jan, like your redemption already happened a few episodes back. Like now it's just about showing us something else and something new. Um. Other bottom, I would say, I don't dislike Pandora's look. I just think that it's like, unfortunately forgettable amongst everything else that was there. And I do think Ginger looked good. And I think Eureka looked really good. And I think looking at them both side by side, I think Eureka's look is stronger, which is even more confusing why she wasn't the top All-Star for the week. Cause she had a strong, she was in a strong group, had a strong performance within her strong group and had a stronger look out of the two. prison nonsense pure nonsense
1: so this week with the bottom three again being kylie sonique love scarlet envy and jan who would you have chosen to get the chop
0: i just told her i loved her but i would have selected jan only because i think she out of the three of them was third place in terms of their execution and the challenge. And I think that it was done in a way that was more uncomfortable to me than what RuPaul said was uncomfortable about Scarlett like not situating herself and her character well. I'm talking about something deeply personal that happened to me and my health and you scream, that's the vulnerability that judges are looking for. Like, that's just weird. Yeah. And off-putting. What? Yeah. Track like, record I- lies, Like, Scarlett obviously had the worst track record, which was literally just being safe, but that performance is not it, girl.
1: Yeah, I would have chosen Jan. And, like, I love her too, but, like, She needed to read the room. Yikes. Just
0: yikes. Speaking of lipsticks and Jan's lack of luck with lipsticks, the episode did start with everyone unanimously choosing to send Yara home, except for Yara, of course, Uh, and Jan choosing Akiria. And saying that she chose Akira because she thought everyone was gonna go off track record and they would pick Akira, even though in her heart she wanted Akira to stay, but in her mind thought Yara was the more fair choice and now has to sit with that and was uncomfortable with the way she was being perceived. And I think that that could have been the source of her discomfort and air of discomfort around Jan this entire episode. That whole episode started off with Jen on the wrong footing, generally, with her foot in her mouth. What do you think?
1: I just think that if you make a decision, stand by it. But also, this really does raise the question because Silky did end up also talking about this after the show um, had been filmed and once it's been airing, you know. She was saying how there is a group mentality. So I really want to know who is the ringleader of said group mentality. Because if it's now being brought to the attention of the producers to put it on the show. That Jan is explaining this away. You know, I, someone is doing something in that cast to have this mob mentality. And it might, it might not just be one person. So I'm really interested in seeing what that is because like the fact that jan I was going to call Jan Jan to see Ooh. the fact that Jan has this mentality that if she doesn't share the same ideas or opinions as the rest of the group that there'll be a target on her back and that being a lot of the case for a lot of the girls even in the earlier episodes of the season I have to really wonder what is going on But
0: I don't think necessarily it's like a a pressure thing. I think there just might be people with similar thought processes that agree. And you see three or four people agreeing to do it that way. And then it kind of feels like a group is being formed. Like, I don't think anyone's just like, listen, we're voting as the block and has like a a weapon up (laughs) to anyone's neck. I think it's more on the lines of I think we should do it this way. And someone's like, I definitely agree. And another person's like, I definitely agree. And someone's like, well, that doesn't sound bad to me. And it kind of builds up like that. And that's very yeah, like consensus, yeah, yeah, yeah. as opposed to someone being like, this is how we should do it. I tell you for a fact, it's not TKB. TKB votes how she wants to.
1: Period.
0: Okay. She's just like, I'm picking this person. I'm picking that person. Right. And I did it. And that's what it is. And I think akira is right. Like, you voted how you voted, and you have to stand by it. And I think that Jan explaining it away and feeling the way she feels, it's just a general explanation of how they're these competing thoughts and impressions in her head that are very destabilizing mm-hmm. and they're showing in her performance.
1: Do you think that there's riggery going on in this here all-star six drag race season?
0: I think in terms of the entire drag race franchise, there are accusations of riggery and whatnot all the time. And I can acknowledge them. Some of them are very blatant, very clear that there's some manipulation happening behind the scenes. But what I will say is regardless of what rigory is going on, there's the right. There's always the right winner. Could there have been a different winner? Sure, but I don't think they chose someone that was so ill-fitting for the position that it was just like, there's no way this person could have won, okay? It's something that you can like see and live with and accept or you're excited about. And then there's those racist fans that are outraged regardless.
1: and then there's the people that watched all stars four that have opinions that are currently typing in the comment section of wherever they're listening i mean
0: i will share in their energy but in regards to all stars three and we know why
1: we know why we know why.
0: so in terms of this episode i think that there are some illogical moves happening and i can't really say if it was rigging until the end result of the season you know But I think more than anything, it's editing bias that's going on to shape these stories. And I think people talk about editing and the producers all the time, usually in a negative light and in a manipulative way. But what you have to understand is the episode needs to be an hour long.
1: Not only that, but also you have to understand, too, that it isn't as if and something that I'm willing to acknowledge now is that the favoritism is probably only showing Due to the fact that that person's gonna make it to the end. So they're building that person's story arc because now they're done filming. You know, like they're using what footage they have, which is fair, (laughs) to build the story. So, I mean, no matter what any of us say about who we think is gonna be the top four, the top four has already been made. And they're currently waiting in real time to (laughs) see how the rest of the season pans out. And based off of what the fans say, who might end up winning the crown?
0: It's also a a matter of us understanding and respecting that these are individuals going through this with their own specific experiences. right? In real time. In real time, that's 13 different experiences. There's no amount of footage on earth that I'll be able to authentically recreate any singular person's experience, let alone 13, for us to have a full sense of everyone's experience. And there's a lot of details there that happen in people's everyday lives that just aren't important enough to show. If I ask you how your day went, you're not gonna tell me every single minute and every single thought and every single thing that happened. You're gonna give me the highlights that's just what it is so yeah there's editing bias going on but the editing bias is so that the show itself makes sense at the end of the day uh mayhem miller came and the lips mayhem and ginger lip synced against each other for ginger to possibly win thirty thousand dollars and mayhem to do a curtsy and leave the stage waving at her (laughs) friends to phone (laughs) not the curtsy by miss lizzo Friend, what did you think about this lip sync?
1: I thought it was very entertaining. I also thought that this lip sync was a prime example that you don't necessarily need to do shablams, splits, dips, waving of the hips. You you just have to, you know, embody, and I said this literally last week. You have to embody what the assignment is being given of the song, right? What Jan see, this is a song that I think Jan would have sold. Jan would have sold this song like her life depended on it, and I would have bought it.
0: She still would have lost, though.
1: I agree with that much. <laughs> but, but hear me out. She still would have sold it like her life depended on it, and we would have seen it. Ginger performed like her life depended on it, and I enjoyed it. I still think Mayhem should have won, but especially when she ever took her heel off at the end of that lip sync. <laughs>
0: Come on, now? <laughs> Mayhem is so much fun when she's not competing. So I don't know why she
1: competes. She is known to crash the party. And that she did. It so. was a
0: great time. Wonderful time.
1: Our next segment is what we like to call What Would Ru Do? Not necessarily what would RuPaul do, but what would Odia or Hazel do in this moment? um
0: so if you give disclaimer and we still keep the name of the segment what would we do
1: i mean I, I just i have to make that disclaimer because sometimes there might be people that just listen to one episode and call it a day you never know which one it is people choose chaos not you clocking me <laughs> with all of the lip syncs that have transpired within these last two seasons of all stars with lip sync assassins right who would you want to see as a lip sync assassin? I know there's a reason for for me. I know there's a reason why they didn't put any of the season 13 girls. And that's probably more than likely because of the fact that the girls were just there and they don't right? know who any of these girls are. But Denali? Denali? I thought you asked me the question and proceeded to answer. You, you were waiting, but my ADHD entered the chat.
0: No, I think that's great. You're giving me some time to think. Because,
1: hear me out, Denali! Going in and lip- That girl, I would want to see her lip sync anything at this point. Any, anyway. she could lip sync the ABCs. And we would be fed. Or even La La Ree. come on now. Come on now.
0: I would like to see Miss Adora Delano because I miss her on my screen. And honestly, sometimes from her seat, Michelle Visage be taking the girls down with her lip syncs.
1: Yeah, you're absolutely right. So
0: <laughs> she'll be bopping to herself, mouthing the lyrics very clearly while people are out there doing God knows what. So Michelle may have the stage in my heart of hearts but yeah I think that that's the person I would want to see do it and high key, I just want to see them lip sync against each other one time because the assassins are great and all fantastic even there are some I know I'm excited to see come back one day because when Miss Whittle Von Dew comes back
1: she's not going to let the girls breathe
0: when Miss v- Vidal Van Due comes back,
1: wait. You know who I want to see come back as a lipstick assassin, just for the sake of it. Let's just bring back Charlie Hyde and just see what happens.
0: The episode ends tonight.
1: <laughs> the, the series ends here. <laughs> <Thank> you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, You're I laughing, and say. I
0: still say. So I our said final said. segment, before we repeat our social media accounts for you people who already follow us, is the hot thought. Same question every week. Hazel, what's your controversial take on this episode, a queen, or the franchise in general?
1: My hottest of hot thoughts is that I think if Jan had gotten out of her head and lived in the moment, and also was looking forward to seeing and taking the opportunity of this being another new season to show who she is and show it a little bit more vulnerability. I think she has what it takes to make it to not only the end, but maybe even win the whole season. But that that's a hot thought. It is a hot thought. You're so shady.
0: (laughs) (laughs) How well would I do in the reading challenge? Uh, My hot thought, I wrote it down, is that a lot of these queens and a lot of people in general who do reality television are always looking forward to the love and the reception, but like they fail to prepare themselves for the hate and the criticism. And... It shows in the way they react to criticism, but also on their Twitter pages and their Instagram pages when things are debuting. And every week there is either mini drama or someone has an, a post or something trying to defend themselves or express something. Expensive. And I know, like with editing, you can't, you have no control over what happens there at all. But I think that my concern is the mental and emotional toll that that takes on you gets buried underneath the need to defend yourself to strangers. And one thing that I wish the show was better at is instead of RuPaul famously reminding us about our inner saboteur and all this other stuff, like, yeah, all that stuff is important. Just dismissing it with, unless they're not paying your bills, don't pay them no mind is not enough. It's not enough of a con- a real conversation. Pre-elimination, right? It's not enough of a conversation before a queen is about to get eliminated or gets eliminated to really sit there and have those conversations. Like you want them to talk about every aspect about their life and their families and motherhood and sex and all this other stuff. Like you want them to talk about all that stuff and be candid and open about all that stuff. But the true repercussions of being on a show like this that other people are responsible for, being cyber bullies and just rude and ridiculous is not something that is really fostered in that space that I don't think they get enough time to really get to work through on camera so people can actually see like the consequences of this type of stuff. And any coaching that they're coaching that they're given to actually have tools and skills to deal with the social media aspect of their job. Because they can't be divorced from social media. It's a huge part of their job. It's a huge part of their brand. Like having the branding challenge without talking about the importance of a brand because the branding challenge is either a spin-off of Rupaul's name or <laughs> them doing a, a specific product. And it's rarely ever them being the, like those things that really get them to think and think through things and the reception, but also ways to have a healthy relationship with your career as a drag queen are a lot of missed opportunities that I think the show isn't taking because it's a critique on the show itself, on the show itself. And I think it does everyone a disservice. It's my hot thought, if it made sense. And if it didn't make sense, you already streamed
1: too far into this episode. Take it back. True. <laughs> so thank you for watching, or not watching. Thank you for listening to this episode of TN Thoughts. My name is Hazel Berry. And I'm Odia. And this has been an episode of Whatcha <laughs> Packin'? No, well, let me stop. I'm kidding. I'm <laughs> <gasps> ah! Yeah, no. Um, you can find us on the internet at Pod on Instagram, Twitter, and Tickety Talkity.
0: Part of me feels like if you found this, then you don't really need a lot of instructions to find us.
1: You know, that is very true, but you know how people are. True. And you know, we do need a call to action because nobody be making those actions Ooh. without being called upon to do so.
0: Just kidding, everyone. We really do appreciate everyone listening. And we will be back soon with our regular discussion program
1: Periodism. Well, that's not the next program, but that <laughs> just had to disclaim.
0: Goodness gracious. This is ending very awkwardly. Goodbye, everybody.